Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Hi there, today is the third episode in our My Journey To series. This is where we're chatting to Karen about her journey to recovery from her two injuries, which have recently halted her run training, and it's fair to say have tested her both physically and emotionally. So in this episode, we hear all about how Karen has totally changed her training and her eating routine to support healing. We really hope that by sharing Karen's experiences, that we'll help you either now or in the future. Thanks so much for listening. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs. I'm Aileen Smith and I co-host our show with my very good friend and business partner, Karen Campbell. We're both professional nutritionists and our spare time, we're runners. Our show is dedicated to you, a female midlife runner. The menopause transition is a challenging time for many women and no one wants this phase of life to affect their well-being or indeed their running. As midlife women, Karen and I know what you might be experiencing, and we also know how transformational good nutrition is at this stage of life. Our approach is to swap magic bullet advice for evidence-based nutritional science. We focus on real food and strategic food choices, so you can enjoy your running and be your best. We hope that our episode topics are helpful to you. However, if you'd like professional help from us, please book a complimentary work with us call at runnershealthhub.com. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. Hi everyone, I'm Aileen and I'm here with Karen as always and today we're continuing on Karen's journey to recovery from her hamstring tendinopathy and also her toe injury. So this is the third episode of the series so it's going to be really interesting to catch up with Karen and find out where she is on her journey to recovery. So before I start to question Karen, I'd just like to welcome back our regular listeners. And if you are listening for the first time, uh, a really warm welcome to you. We hope you enjoy this episode and that you'll get an opportunity to listen to some of the previous episodes and stay with us for more to follow. And Karen and I love podcasting, but we also really love it when we get an email from you. So we'd love to hear about you and um, please share with us a little bit about your running goals and your nutrition goals, because it really helps us to plan future topics for the podcast. And you can uh, find us at hello at runnershealthhub.com. So hi, Karen. I'm sure all our listeners are really looking forward to find out about some updates on your progress. So as usual, we'll be talking about treatment, training, nutrition and supplements. Um, but uh, before we get started, would you just remind us a little bit about your injuries and um, you know what brought you to uh, be on this road to recovery? 
Yes. Hi, Aileen. And hi, everybody. Yeah. So just as a quick reminder, like you said, I'm currently dealing with two issues. So one is a chronic issue. That's the hamstring tendinopathy, which I have suffered from now for approximately two to three years, but I didn't address it early on. And that's why it's become chronic. The second one is a more acute injury. And that's of the big toe, like you said, And that happened following a 20-mile and very hilly trail event. Um, And it it, it was this injury, actually, that um, initially stopped me running completely. And that was also the catalyst to me seeking support and treatment for both of them. So, um, so yes, in a way, it was a blessing in disguise, I think, to to have the toe injury because it made me sort of address the, the hamstring injury as well. Oh, well, that's a really positive way of looking at it, Karen. So, um, I remember at the last of the, at the end of the last update episode that we did a few weeks ago, uh, that you were feeling quite positive and you were sharing lots of positive news with us, um, about how you were, you were progressing. So is that still the case? Are you still feeling really positive about progress overall? Yeah, Aileen, I have to say that I am. I think overall, um, I'm feeling really positive. Um, and the way that my toe and the tendinopathy are healing. But there are clearly still frustrations. And the biggest one at the moment is the pain that I'm experiencing in the hamstring tendon. Actually, the toe isn't quite an issue, but the hamstring tendon can become really sore when I sit for any any length of time or when I'm driving for any length of time. And it can be quite painful, I have to say. Yeah, I don't know whether I've actually ever asked you this, Karen. Is that on both sides or just one? No, it's just on the left side. The, the The right side does get irritated at times, but it's very, very rare and it doesn't get painful to any extent. It's more like a niggle. Uh-huh. It, it's the left side that is the big, the big issue. Oh, dear. Well, it's, it's great to know that... Um, if you're still sounding positive, uh, so that's really good news. And, um, you know, we'll go into the, the details of both of the, the injuries, but let's, let's start with the toe. You said that, um, that seems to be a bit better. Is it, have you still any pain at all? Yeah, no, it is a lot better, I have to say, Aileen. And regarding pain, it's, it's very seldom that I, I feel any pain. If I do, it's when I wear certain shoes or certain sandals, probably sandals more than shoes, and maybe because there's less support in a sandal. And um, I just get added pressure on that um, joint area. When I'm running, sometimes, and again, it's not always, um, but sometimes I will get um, a, a little bit of discomfort, slight pain at the outset of running. And then it goes, it's almost, I suppose, a typical arthritic reaction in that when it's cold, it, 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 you can feel it. But then once the once the joint and the and the soft tissue um, and muscles warm up, then that tends to go. And the other time I can I can feel it sometimes is if I'm out running, um, a trail running, and I go over a stone or I go over a tree root or something, and it just hits that area that can kind of just give me a little bit of pain. But it tends to be short term, and then it goes. There's there's no lasting effect from it. So yeah, I have to say I'm really pleased about that because I thought. 
that the toe injury was what was going to really prevent me from getting back to, to running anytime soon. Oh, well, that's really good news. And are, are you having any ongoing treatment or is it just something that you're, you're living with? Yeah, I suppose overall I'm 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 living with it and it's not an issue. I do try and do different exercises in the gym, um, sort of stretching out the toes, standing on my, you know, going up on the tiptoes just to try and stretch them out. Um but really and, and now and again, if I've got the time, if I'm sitting in the evening, I'll maybe give them a massage, that area a, a, a massage to um to try and help it. When I do go to the physio, he still does um some shockwave therapy on it. So that is helping and also does traction. Now I can't do traction on myself. That's when they kind of wiggle and pull your toe. Ooh, ooh, uh, sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, it does. And, and the thing is, it isn't actually painful. And the, the idea, I think, is just to get more air, uh, get more air and energy around that joint area, just to release the joint a bit. But if I try and do it myself, I feel a bit sick. And I said that to the physio, he just laughed at me. But um, I said, oh, I can't do the traction myself. It just makes me feel a bit nauseous. So, um, and the other thing that the physio recommended that I do do a lot and I did anyway because I don't never wear slippers he really recommended walking barefoot whenever I can and that's both inside and outside not going for a trek barefoot but if I was walking out into the garden for any reason just doing it in barefoot so I am I am trying to do that so a few things yeah, well, that's all good news, Karen, and um, especially that it's no longer affecting your running. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, that's a big, big result. So what about the hamstring tendon? Um, you said that that's still niggling you and giving you some problems. Is that affecting your running? Well, I would say the short answer would be yes, uh, to some extent, but to a lesser extent than it was, I have to say, which again is really good news. I'm, I'm really happy. Um, and I, and, and actually Aileen, for a while it was feeling really good. And then not that long ago, I tripped over a tree trunk. And you know, when you trip, you go hard down on your foot to try and save yourself from falling. And yeah. I did. I did manage to save myself from falling, but it was my left foot that went down and the jarring went right up into that hamstring tendon. And it was quite, quite painful in the moment um, when it happened. And um, so I think it must have well clearly triggered pain and and I think a bit of inflammation again around there. It, it's starting to settle down again now, I would say, but it's kind of set it back a little bit is i suppose is is what i would say oh dear so that's a excuse me that's a little bit of a setback for you but it's good to know that you're recovering from the tripping accident which uh is a bit of a, a shame really that you had that uh but never mind uh you you onwards and upwards so um you also so you mentioned that some other activities are affecting your hamstring so um can you elaborate a little bit more on that you you were saying about driving and that kind of thing? Yeah, so I do find that um, regarding the the hamstring tendon, it depends what type of running I'm doing. So thinking about that trail run versus road running, and I find that the trail running is so much easier um, on on my 
my hamstring than um, than the road running. I think it's just that pounding. And also, I suppose when I'm trail running, I'm wearing trail shoes, and there's more support in a trail shoe than a than a uh, a road shoe. So that might be part of um, the 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 fact that it feels more protected and has less effect on it. Um, but also, I think it depends what I'm doing outside of running. So like you were saying, Aileen, about this sitting and driving, if I do sit for long periods, it can become quite painful. And um, and I find that I, I start to fidget just to take the pressure off. So, for example, if I go to the cinema, I, I have to try and sit at an edge seat because I, I know how I get annoyed by other people fidgeting. And um, and, and because you're sitting still for such a long time in a cinema, it's really it's really difficult for me and I do find that I, I have to keep moving my hip around to, to just ease the pressure so I have to think about that if I'm driving for long um, distances that does um, have an effect as well so what I do is I try and stop roughly every hour I'll go for a little walk and a stretch and then I can drive again and it's frustrating that I have to keep stopping but it does help just kind of um, getting up and moving around and and doing some stretches does does help. Right. So I think just thinking about that, is there any sort of professional advice the physio has given you? I mean, uh, it sounds sensible to me that you you stopping and stretching, but is there anything the physio suggests that you could do? Well, actually, I have to say, Aileen, that I I keep I I. Th- forgot I meant to men last time I saw him I meant to mention that it's still because I kept saying oh it's so much better I'm really pleased all of this and I did speak about the the tripping but then I forgot um to mention about the fact that when I'm sitting for long periods or driving for long periods that it does become really irritated and painful and you would think that the pain would be enough <laughs> of a reminder for me to tell him but it wasn't so it is something that I need to to speak to him about next time and and just see what his take is on it and what his professional advice is regarding regarding um how to to work with that and to try and relieve it yeah because it's going to be it's quite limiting isn't it really but um but yeah if you you know it's good for you to stand up every hour anyway so we should all be doing that so (laughs) we shouldn't be sitting for hours and hours but it's um it's a shame that it gives you pain so are you getting any are you still is the current treatment still ongoing you were you were having um some shockwave therapy um the last time we spoke about this Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, last time that um, we spoke about this, I did mention that for some people, they notice a significant difference in that pain and discomfort um, from only one treatment of the shockwave therapy. But I have to say that hasn't worked for me. And I think I maybe mentioned in a previous episode as well that, that I wasn't sure that it would because it is such a chronic um, um, injury for me. Now, to date, I've probably, I think, had about four. And I think it was starting to help. I was noticing the difference. But then I had the trip and that set me back a bit. Um, but I'm hoping that maybe over the next few that I have, um, then I'm going to feel um, significantly different again. Um, what what it was interesting, what the physio did advise me was that um with this type of of overuse injury it can be difficult to get back to a hundred percent um 
better, so to speak. So, so at healing a hundred percent, he says that for most people, they, they're kind of left with a little bit of discomfort, but that, that discomfort is more in the background rather than in the forefront. So it doesn't affect performance. It's not, um, limiting the running and the training. But it's still there, a bit like the the niggle that I feel on my right side now and again, um, rather than the left side where it's more constant. So, um, yeah. so that was interesting. And how do you feel about that, Karen? What's the potential, uh, you know, feeling regarding that being something that you're just going to have to put up with long term? Yeah, well, I have to say that, Aileen, clearly I would like it to just disappear completely so that I I um I'm I go out and I don't feel any pain at all because I can't remember the last time I ran and I didn't feel any discomfort um whatsoever. So um but that is potentially unrealistic and I think what will be will be. And for me looking to the long term as long as I can just keep running and it doesn't affect my performance in the long term, then I I, I, I can deal with it. And I think that would be um, where I am at the moment, certainly. But what I would just like to mention um, here is, um, is one of our listeners, um, Carol Wright. Now, Carol had was listening to one of our My Journey to episodes. And after that, she really kindly got in touch. So thank you so much, Carol. I really appreciated you getting in touch. And she got in touch to give me details of a physio that she follows. Now, his name is Brody Sharp, and I think he's Australian. Now, he has dedicated several podcast episodes, uh, his podcast episodes to hamstring tendinopathy injury. Now, his podcast is called um, Run Smarter, if anybody is interested in, in listening to him. And, um, and I'll, I'll give, I'll put the, the podcast link into the show notes for you. But um, but I I did listen to his podcast after Carol wrote to me, and um, and I have to say, he was really interesting. And again, it's something he suffered from himself, and he's looking at it from a physio point of view, whereas we look at things from a nutrition point of view. And um, and so to hear his story and how. Um, how he recovered, and also he got specialists onto his episodes, um, onto his podcast to speak about it. Um, now, what I think my big takeaway um, from listening to this episode was that recovery isn't linear, and I think I have to keep that in mind. Um, there the can be setbacks, um, as I did with the trip, but also there can be flare-ups, So, which I suppose is what my physio was saying um, in that um, you might never get back to a hundred percent um healing um potentially there are going to be these um flare ups so I do need to bear this in mind but um but yeah yeah i I liked um Brody sharp's approach and um and I would recommend it um to people to listen to, to learn from him from um, a, a physio or in a physiological point of view regarding this in type of injury, but other injuries as well. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And like I say, thank you very much, Carol, for uh, for getting in touch. 
Yeah, that that's really good to get get some different advice. And uh, yeah, I'll check out this podcast too. So uh, you know, you were saying that Karen about you know recovery not being linear, and that's something I've been thinking about recently too. And you know, along the road to recovery, either from injury or illness, you do have to prepare yourself for setbacks, and those setbacks might be minor or major. Um, and and also, my other thought is that sometimes. You do need a period of stability where there's actually no incremental improvement because we always just think if we keep doing things then every every time we do something we're going to get that little bit better and it, sometimes it's not that noticeable and sometimes mm-hmm. you feel as though you're just sort of standing still uh, but that that period of stability might just be what your body needs um, to heal so yeah that was that was my thought for, for the day Karen on, the, on that yeah, <laughs> philosophical note yes thank you I like that Aileen and again I will I will bear that in mind as well you know that like we say there can be setbacks major or minor but not to always expect improvement you know just sort of a time of stability might be or could be supportive as well Great. So, so overall, Karen, it seems to be good news, and um, you have, um, you know, managed to, um, you know, get back running again, which is fantastic. Um, so, we'll we'll talk about um, the training that you've been doing in a minute, uh, but just before we do so, I thought it might be just a good point just to remind everybody about our free uh, downloadable ebooks. So we've got various ebooks available. Um, they're all at our website, runnershealthhub.com. They're free. All you need to do is click on the free nutrition guides at the top menu bar of our homepage. And the most popular one is top running snacks and nutrient timing. And that's really to help you fuel your running. And the tips and the information in there really goes alongside much of the advice we share in our episodes. Funnily enough, we've never done one on um, recovering from injury. So maybe that's one for the future, Karen. Um, but in the meantime, there's there's a few different ebooks there and we, we hope that they help everybody. Um, so, Karen, let's get on and talk about your run training now. So last time you told us that you were back to running and that your hope was that you'd be able to increase time and distance before we spoke um, on this episode. So uh, what's the update? Have you managed to do that? Yes, Aileen, I am delighted to say that I have been able to um, increase my running. I'm now running actually further than I thought I would be able to do at this point in time. So I'm really happy about that. But um, but like you were saying, Aileen, I still do need to to manage my training to, to minimise um, irritation. So things that I'm doing to try and, and minimise that is um, I never run on two consecutive days now. And I used to do that a lot. So I don't do that anymore. Certainly not at the moment. Um, I have now got two rest days per week in my calendar um I might do other easy walking or something like that but no running um I I complete um my physio exercise and do some additional strength training in the gym three times a week because my physio said to do these the, the the particular sort of rehab exercises three times a week so I just find it much well I need I need some of the machines actually so I I go to the gym to do it so I just add on some more overall body strengthening exercises whilst I'm there and the other thing I do is um 
I try and do a long hike once a week. Um, if time permits, doesn't always permit, but I do try and do one. And what I'm not doing at the moment is any school-based training. I'm, I, I'm staying away from that at the moment because I think the speed in the hills and things like that might um, aggravate the, the, the situation. So, uh, so that's how my training is panning out. Now, that's quite a change for you because um, I know what your tra- previous training plan was like. Um, and has that been, um, have you been guided on what to do, Karen, or is that decisions that you've made yourself? A mixture, actually, Aileen, um, because my my physio wants me to keep running. And, um, and you know, I've told him what I've been doing and he's quite happy with that. Um, it's very much for him, it's very much about me um, ensuring that I do the the rehab exercises. The not running in two, cons- yeah, that was him as well. He said not to run in two consecutive days. So I, I'm listening. I'm listening and taking advice. <laughs> um, and um, and the hiking actually is my running coach um, because clearly she knows the situation. So she's writing me a plan, uh, a training plan around what my physio is saying that I need to do or not do. So um, so the hiking she has introduced and she doesn't want me to do the skill based training. Excellent. So you've got everybody on the team. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> so, so that looks- my next question so how how far or how long are you able to run um well I'm actually running up to two hours at the moment but what I'm doing Aileen is um and this has been quite nice because it's taken the pressure off a bit regarding I've got to run 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 so I'll go out for two hours as a long run but if I feel um, irritation in the the hamstring tendon, then I'll just walk, and I walk for a period of time, and then I'll I'll run again. So it's a real mixture of the run walking, and that really helps. And then the hikes that I'm doing, I I, I hike actually up to five hours, um, and and that is really great for the time on feet. So just maintaining that endurance has been really helpful for me psychologically as well as physically physical time on feet um and and because it's walking i've got that endurance but without the added stress on the tendon and um i'm enjoying the hikes i have to say but it's just not quite the same as running on these routes so um but it's okay it's okay that's good well I know that you know I can imagine that that's hard for you um but hopefully you'll learn to love hiking too and and overall it's great progress Karen and Mm. um like you said you know earlier you you are still in some pain when you're sitting and driving um but um you know hopefully um you know you're managing the whole situation and um we um you know one of the I suppose one of the things to consider is the longer distances you're doing and maybe is that triggering or contributing to the pain when you're sitting um or is it completely nothing to do with it that would be an interesting one to find out about yeah it, it is interesting Aileen, and, and I think it, it it is a possibility you know I'm saying that I'm I'm doing the longer distances and I'm enjoying it and it's 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 working for me but although I'm okay whilst I'm running is it actually leading to more pain when I'm sitting 
and when I'm um, when I'm driving, you know, is it aggravating that? And I think that's why I do need to discuss it with my physio when I next see him, just to get his professional um, um, sort of take on that and what I need to do. Yeah, I mean, maybe one thing you could do, Karen, is think about, um, you know, when you are having pain when you're sitting or driving, it's like, what did I do the day before? And uh, maybe keeping a little bit of a diary for a week or two and then sharing that with your physio might be be helpful. That's a good idea. The other thing I have done, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, is that um, I am using a, a heated pad. So, um, so when I am sitting at my desk and I'm working, then I'll put the heated pad on and, um, and, and the physio said, just keep it on all the time, just on a medium heat and just, um, let, because that will encourage the blood flow to the area. And then I can't, I can't use it heated in the car, but I'll sit on the pad when I'm driving as well. And that helps a little bit. Uh huh. Very Mm. good. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about all the exercise and the physio treatment, uh, but let's talk about nutrition now. So at the last time we spoke, you mentioned that you were trialing time restricted eating and you were also really focusing on increasing your protein intake at breakfast time. So uh, what have you got to report back to everybody on, on those changes? Yeah, well, I have to say, Alien, regarding the time-restricted eating, I am really enjoying it. It's, it, I've taken on like a, a little challenge um, for me to do. Um, and, and what I'm doing is I'm, I'm challenging myself to um, see if I can delay my breakfast to ensure that I'm having 14 hours of fasting. And I have to say, it is a bit of a challenge for me. So, um so I do try to build in some flexibility around it, but that is my that is my my little challenge is the fourteen hours. And you mentioned flexibility, Karen. So what do you mean by that? Well, what I tend to to find is that you know lots of people have regular meal times, don't they? Or, or I'm thinking here of of evening meals. So people will have their evening meal at a certain time every day. And that doesn't happen in our household. You know, it's it's really irregular. And that is because it depends on what I'm doing, but also what the rest of the family are doing, because we do like to sit and eat together because it's the only time we get to, to communicate, really. So it does mean that because of that, my fasting window fluctuates and that can fluctuate daily really which means that my eating window then changes so sometimes my eating window can be more than 10 hours and sometimes less so it's how do you how do you manage that then do you at the beginning of the day think oh we're going to eat at eight o'clock tonight and then work backwards or do you eat your breakfast at a certain time and then dinner might be delayed which might extend the window yeah no I do it the first way Aileen so if I know that dinner is going to be say eight o'clock that night then I'll calculate okay so that means I can start eating at 10 o'clock the following day and it might be that I start eating at 10 o'clock the following day but dinner will be six o'clock that night so the eating window is shorter oh I see I see so you're doing it like dinner is the starting meal exactly yes right oh that's interesting that's a good way of doing it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Mm. Okay. Um, so what you're really saying is that you're, you're aiming to always, always fast for 14 hours. Um, yeah. is, that, is that what you're focusing on yet? Have I got that yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. That is that is my principal focus, and 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 I work around that. And that I have to say works for me. Um, except when I'm doing now that I've moved into sort of longer runs, that two hour run. When I'm doing that, then I eat to suit my training to to really focus on my training, not the time restricted eating. So that, I suppose that's another flexible point. Is is the long run. Yeah, and that's uh, very wise and very important. So um, let's think about breakfast choices, because last time you were, you know, you were saying that you were being a bit repetitive with your breakfast choices and you were going to try to sort of stretch yourself and eat outside the box, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, Aileen, I have managed to kind of expand my repertoire for uh, breakfasts um again i've i've what i've done is try to make it into a little bit of a challenge so thinking about a different choice that i could have each day um but but also within that thinking about okay so how is this going to support my recovery how is this going to support my healing so i've got those two things in 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 my head okay so um what kind of breakfast choices are you having now? So share with us some of the ideas that you've been putting into practice. Well, actually, what I've done, Alien, is I've I've turned to our recipes, you know, our Tuesday recipes that we send out to all our followers. And um, the reason for that is because I think we've got some great breakfast ideas in there, uh, in our, our sort of uh, um, portfolio, that are also really high in protein. And protein is key in recovery from any soft uh, tissue injury, really. So um, I tapped into those, um, first of all. And one that I'm really enjoying is the vegan tofu scramble. Now, I do eat eggs and I enjoy eggs, so I'll have scrambled eggs at times. But the tofu one is just a great alternative and also the recipe that we have includes turmeric as well. And turmeric is um, a really potent anti-inflammatory um, component. So it's it's really great for, for healing, for my recovery. And the other recipe of ours that I've used is um, the recipe for the protein pancakes. And the reason I'm, I'm using that is because, you know, pancakes are really quick and easy to make. And it's also a recipe where I can add, I can add protein powder to just to, um, just to increase my protein intake if I feel that that's important. And also in our recipe, it contains cinnamon. And again, that is another spice with anti-inflammatory properties. So really supporting my recovery. So uh, so those are two ideas and two that I've been um, eating and enjoying. Brilliant. That's uh, excellent. Well done to you, because I know you are a bit of a creature of habit when it comes to breakfast. Like like most people, it's sometimes the easy option, isn't it, just to have the same thing every day? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And a lot of clients that we see are very repetitive with their breakfast, maybe not with the other meals, but breakfast just seems to be quite repetitive. And um, and I know that that I, I am as well. And that is why I set myself the challenge. And, um, and I, I really like challenges because I think it just keeps me focused 
And um, and in fact, I was thinking about setting setting this up as a as a challenge to do with everybody, with our listeners and with our followers. So if you are listening and you fancy joining me in a breakfast challenge, just drop me a line or dro- uh, drop us a line at hello at Runners Health Hub, and then we can maybe all do it together um, and just think about different breakfasts that we could have every day for maybe a week or a couple of weeks or something. So, Aileen, is that something you you would fancy? Uh, yeah, I'm always up for a challenge. Um, I've got to say that your breakfast choices aren't ones that would appeal to me, but um, we've got lots of others. So yes. um, I'm not sure the tofu scramble is my thing, but or even the pancakes, I'm not that keen on. But uh, yeah, there's loads of different breakfasts that we could choose. And I think having a week of a different breakfast every day just mm. uh, pushes the boundaries a bit and gets us to do something different. So yeah, yeah definitely up for that. Um so we've talked about um, training and nutrition and everything's going well in that um, area. But what about supplements? Because you were um, you had a, a, a supplement plan that you were working on and mm. um, the ones that you were, were taking were uh, the rhythm, nutrition, uh, turmeric. There was the field joint capsules, uh, pulsing. Um, was it pulsing or was it purition that, that do a, a, a protein powder which is curcumin and black pepper i think it's uh purition isn't it uh there was a terra nova glucosamine and uh which has also has boswellia um and there was a vegan uh omega-3 supplement and also vitamin d so lots of different supplements so uh it's quite a list there karen so are you still taking them and have they made any difference yeah it is quite a list alien isn't it so I think the one that you mentioned that I'm no longer taking is um, the Rhythm Nutrition Turmeric. And that is just because it ran out. And because there is turmeric in the in the sort of the protein powder, so that curcumin and black pepper blend, I just haven't replaced it because I'm still getting that. Now, what I've done is with the field joint capsules and the Terra Nova Boswellia blend, I've started taking them on alternate days only because, and I think I maybe mentioned this last time, I was experiencing some bloating and flatulence. But this is now reduced significantly just, and I just wonder if it was an overload um, for me. So having those on on different days has made a big difference. Um, And I think last time we spoke about this, I had literally just um, started taking the magnesium um, and that was because of some cramping I was experiencing. And I have to say that that has subsided now as well. So, um, So the magnesium is making a difference. Mm. All in all, it would appear that your supplement program's serving you really well. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, I have to say. And I find that, you know, what works for me and um, through it's always, you know, trial different things, but but the way I'm taking them now as well is really working for me. And also what I'm doing is being really diligent and consistent in taking them because I know that that is really important to get the therapeutic effect from them. So, um, so that's my other approach. 
Yeah, that's that's brilliant. I'm really glad that um, the, the both nutrition and the supplement plan is working for you, Karen. But just, you know, you mentioned there about us all being individuals and it's just worth mentioning that what's working for Karen might not be appropriate for you. Um, so there's lots of different factors that need to be taken into consideration uh, when we're thinking about a nutrition plan and also a supplement plan. So things like the type of injury, what your lifestyle is, also are you on any medication uh, and that might be over-the-counter medication and also prescribed medication. So things to be taken into account. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Ailey, and totally agree with that. And I, I think this feeds nicely into really us pausing for a short advert break. So I'm going to hand back to you, Amy. Okay, so uh, this is the the moment in the episode where we just take a minute to tell you a little bit about what Karen and I do outside of the podcast. And, um, you know, we've we've touched on lots of different things today uh, with Karen sharing her journey from to recovery from injury. And uh, it might be that you're on a similar path. Uh, Maybe it's an injury you're recovering from or perhaps an illness or perhaps you're running with a health condition and you'd like some additional support and advice. So we've got lots of different ways that we can help you uh, from um, working with you on a supplement review to a three-day food diary review or to more in-depth uh, performance nutrition program, which would focus on your particular um, goal and health condition. Um, so if you are on a journey or you're struggling or maybe you're just confused about what therapeutic foods and supplements to choose, then uh, we'd love to offer you a short, informal and complimentary call uh, so that we can help you a little bit and also explain uh, what professional help we can offer. So if you you are interested in uh, having an informal chat with us, you can book a call via our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. Look at the work with us page and you'll see a link to book a free call. Um, Or alternatively, you can drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com and uh, we'll get back to you from there. And just always remember that if you are living in a different time zone, just let us know because we can accommodate you both for a call and for any of the programs or services. Um, so don't hold back if you're living in a different country because we, we're here to help. Yeah, definitely. Do get in touch with this. And and I think as you can see from my journey, we are human too. You know, we have our ups and downs with our performance and glitches in our health as well. So we can really empathise with your situation and your experiences. So, yeah, get in touch with us. So, Karen, we've, we've talked about all of the practical things that you've been doing uh, but we always like to have a little chat about how you're feeling emotionally and psychologically because I think that's a really big component about uh, you know recovery Um, so what's been going on you've obviously sound much more positive than you've been maybe feeling in the past so um, where are you at at the moment? Yeah I do feel so much more positive um, than I than I was before Aileen when I think how I was feeling when I had to stop running completely and where I am now it's just pulls apart and I have to say I still know that I have more rehab more recovery time ahead of me but hopefully I and my hamstring tendon will will continue to go from strength to strength I'm certainly feeling really positive and determined around that. 
Oh, well, I think that's a really positive statement to make. Um, Karen, is there anything else that you want to share with us about this particular aspect, this mental and psychological aspect of your re- recovery journey? Yeah, actually, it is interesting because I I find that when, well, certainly when I'm injured, um, I I tend to find that I learn something about myself. It could be from injury or maybe illness or whatever. And just recently, I was reflecting on my journey so far. And what I realized was that I always need to have a challenge in my life. Now, I don't know what that says about me, but I thought it was really interesting that that there needs to be a challenge. Yeah, it is interesting. So are you are you talking about what you were saying earlier about the nutrition challenges that you've set yourself? Is is that uh, what you were thinking about? Yeah, I think that is part of it. Um, you know, I realised that that maybe generally in my life, my training and my races are my challenges, um, and they're the ones the challenges that I set myself. But then when they're taken away. I seem to look for other challenges. So like you say, setting myself the challenge of the 14 hours of fasting and then setting myself the task of eating a different breakfast um, every day. And um, I'm just wondering, Aileen, if, you, if you've got any ideas of what you think this might say about, about me or, or anybody else really that, that does this. Well, I, I imagine that having a challenge gives you some structure and focus on on doing things that might help contribute to you gradually getting better. Uh, and I think the thing is that everybody has different things that makes them tick and keeps them motivated. Um, so for you, it's it's setting up a, a challenge. That's the way you do things. But for other people, it might be something different. Um what I would say is with everything that we do, it's really important to be kind to ourselves and, and allow our bodies to heal and um, and also use a challenge as a supportive tool uh, to help us. Um, uh, but as you mentioned earlier, allow some flexibility. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that's probably uh, what I would say. Does that does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think it does, Aileen, because I think in in life generally I like to have structure and I like to have something to focus on otherwise I, I, I maybe flounder a bit um so so yeah that would feed in I suppose to to my personality so uh, so thank you yes great well on that note I think we have to uh, draw this episode to an end um and I know that we will be chatting about your road to recovery again in a few more weeks time um maybe it'll be a shorter check-in because hopefully um you'll have recovered <laughs> that would be great um but um you know let's uh let's hope that you're back to full training soon um so what do you think Karen another episode in another few weeks yeah, I think that hopefully Aileen will will be enough, you know, almost like a, a really short check-in episode um, and uh, to say that everything is going well, I'm back to recovery and I'm back to having races in the calendar and things like that. So, yeah, I, I like that idea. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Karen, for sharing your journeys, your ups and downs with us. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. 
Thanks for joining us today on She Runs Eats Performs. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and will join us again soon. Before you go, please listen to the end to hear more about Amazing Jane Activewear and why their leggings were voted best for runners by Women's Fitness. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great week. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. Mm -hmm.